Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Autonomia, the show where we bring ideas from the libertarian left to everyday people and foster conversation on what we believe in hopes of proving that we all have far more in common than we are trained to believe. My name is Hayward, and I am your host. As always, our intro and outro music come from a song called A Bigger Cage is Still a Prison by System Failure. If you'd like to look up this song, the band spells system, C-I-S-T-E-M, for political reasons. There's nothing I want more than to sleep under the night sky. Hear the animals as they go about their lives. Feel the fire warm my body, feel the mud under my toes. But tonight, this cell keeps me in Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in. It's been uh, quite a while, uh, I, I think over a year, and I am continuing the long-standing tradition of apologizing every time an episode starts because there's just so much time in between every episode, and <laughs> I always have some silly nonsense excuse like my phone's been destroyed or haven't had access to a computer, working so much, raising children, just all the stuff of life that seems to get in the way of setting time aside to record and then edit podcast episodes. My hope is that sometime in the not-too-distant future, it will be much easier for me to continue to put out this content and maybe even stick to something that looks like a schedule. That's my hope. Um, whether or not I can live up to that is certainly a matter of uh, debate. Right now I'm recording this episode a few days after the event that we'll be talking about today. And uh, God knows when it will be until I can get this uploaded because two things have to happen. First of all, I have to secure and uh, install some sort of editing software on my computer. The computer that I used to use for editing is no more. So I have to find out some way that I can edit new audio files. The second thing that has to happen is I need to have enough money to buy a yearly SoundCloud membership so I can begin to upload the content again and have it there accessible for anyone that has the misfortune of coming across it. So once those things happen, and I hope that will be fairly soon from the date that I'm recording this, uh, October 30th. <laughs> and just a reflection of the sheer busyness that I deal with, uh, it's been a literal week to the day since the event that I'm going to be talking about. And maybe it starts off a little slow as I ease back into podcasting because it's sometimes difficult to pick a focus, sometimes difficult to decide what I want to talk about. So I'm starting off talking about an experience that I had. 
So those of you who know me may be aware that I am a semi-frequent guest on local talk radio, the overwhelming majority of which leans right wing um, from moderate independent to pretty significantly conservative and some places in between. So a local group called the Quinnebog Citizens Alliance, and as far as I know, the Q in their name is just a reference to the place and not a reference to something deeper. They decided to hold an America First rally in Plainfield, Connecticut, which is not super far from me. And they build the event as a place to just discuss um, America First being American, that whole uh, patriotic assemblage of people uh, where local speakers would share their views and um, sort of like a, a pep rally type thing. Now, they claimed that it was nonpartisan and they claimed that anyone was invited and Anyone who knows political rallies knows that that's almost never, strictly speaking, the case. Um, it's quite clear that they have a right-leaning bent to them, which they're allowed to have. That's fine. But I, I'm, I'm curious how open they are to multi-partisan dialogue. So I decided I wanted to show up and be there, um, despite the fact, or perhaps because of the fact that their headline speaker for the event was none other than Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that seemed like something that would bring out a lot of the most devoted um, Trump MAGA people that are in our area. So I thought as someone who's very much not that, it might be interesting to go there both as someone who studies political movements, especially ones on the fringe or extreme, and as someone who's really deeply invested in dialogue between the sides to go there. So I drive out there, or more specifically, uh, my wife drives out there and drops me off in an adjacent parking lot because I did not want to deal with any sort of chaotic parking situation that might be happening. So I'm walking down the street. Um, I have my little 511 messenger bag and um, some Dunkin' Donuts and beef jerky in it. And I'm walking down the road and I see a group of protesters because, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene, being a very polarizing individual, had a crowd of protesters out there. And I'm walking through the group saying hi to people because I like to try to be polite to just about everyone. And some of those people I knew. I walked through the protest group to the front gate and saw a sign saying no bags. And I'm not about to let this bag get either confiscated, thrown away, whatever. So I turn around and hand this bag to someone that I know in the protest group. And my intention is to say, okay, I don't want to cause any sort of a stir. So I'm just giving this bag away at the front gate and hoping then to proceed in. Um, as I walk toward the gate, I get confronted by a very, um, a very stern looking man who seems to be very serious about his job, um, which I can appreciate. And he says, what is that you've got there? And I had my Dunkin' Donuts and beef jerky in my hands and said, 
it's, it's my food. You have a sign saying no bag, so I'm getting rid of my bag over there. So there won't be any problems. And he's like, you can't go in here. You're a protester. I said, I'm not a protester. I am here to see my friends inside. And he said, well, do you have someone you can call? I'm like, well, I can try to figure that out. And he said, you're not coming in because you're a protester. So it, it almost seemed as if him saying, can you call someone was a bluff of some kind. So to, to hear me say, yeah, I can absolutely call someone in there um, made it uh, more upfront that he had no intention whatsoever of letting me in. So I'm standing kind of off to the side and he's like, sir, you need to move. And I'm like, sir, I'm not here as a protester. I'm here to speak to people. I said, everyone is welcome. I'm go going inside. And he said, no, uh, you need to get back with the protesters. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not a protester. And he's like, get back with the protesters. You'll be escorted off this property. And I'm not about to have a fight with some wannabe cop about, you know, getting into this event. So I stand off to the side. Um, I text my friend Lee Elsie, who's a local talk radio show host, and I knew was going to be at the event. Uh, I also texted a number of people that I know in the local talk radio community to just see if anyone would be uh, on site at the time and be willing to vouch for me in hopes of trying to make this, um, make this work. And to some of my folks on the left that might be listening, you might say, well, why are you trying so hard to get into this rally? Um, I am really, really invested in talking to people across partisan lines. I have a very easy time talking to folks wildly outside of my political background. And part of that probably is because I have moved quite a bit over the years in my political affiliation. Um, a lot of my core beliefs haven't necessarily changed so much, but as we touched on in episode one, uh, I figured out that my beliefs didn't so much line up with the party and movement that I was trained to believe that they did. Um, I, I learned that if I'm a person that believes in freedom, uh, a society worth living in, and uh, you know, just quality of life of all people and not just those that can afford to buy their way to the top, uh, I wouldn't be a Republican. And so I'm not. So anyways, it gets to the point where I am in a bit of a standoff with this guy um, and I step away from the area where he tells me not to, uh, where he tells me to get away from. And eventually I strike up a conversation with uh, the gate guard, um, just you know talking about how it's a well-attended event and all that sort of stuff. Eventually it gets to the point where um, I say like, hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to get in here. Uh, I don't have uh, any reason to cause trouble. Um, I have a lot of friends on the inside. At this point, Lee still hasn't got back to me because he's, you know, doing whatever he's doing at the event. You know, that, that that's fine. He's, he's busy. And eventually I get the head of security to come up and I have a conversation with him. I'm like, hey, I'm here to uh, see some of my friends on the inside. I know Rocky, I know Lee, I know a number of the other people at this event today and I'm hoping to see them and explain to them that I w walked through the protester line because my wife dropped me off and I didn't want to deal with parking. And I handed off my bag to someone because I saw a sign saying, hey, no bags. So I... Um, I handed it off to someone I knew because I know people all across the ideological spectrum. 
I am a very frequent guest on Lee's show because I can comment across the ideological spectrum and because I know a lot of folks from different directions. So I can pull um, opinions and, and, and ideas that aren't usually encountered by folks on the right. And Lee has the good sense to know that that has value. So anyway, I'm talking to the head of security and he seems sufficiently convinced that I am not there to cause a giant problem. And so he lets me in and says that he'll be watching me. I said, yeah, no problem, whatever. Um, so I'm walking across the way down this long stretch of you know, vendors, that sort of thing. You know, what you might expect to see at like a county fair type situation, vendors on both sides and just a long walkway. Uh, in the back is this large shed where all the speeches are happening. And I see about 150 feet away um, a guy wearing sort of unusual sunglasses, a black beanie, dressed, you know, mostly dark clothing, looking kind of uh, not like he's trying to be recognized. And so naturally, I was like, oh, well, that's Lee. There he is. And, you know, perhaps because I have uh, a background in recognizing people that are trying to obscure the identity, thanks to all my time in protests and black blocks, that um, it's it's not hard for me to spot someone that I've seen at that point as many times as I had seen Lee from all the radio appearances. So I say, hey, Lee, what's up? And so we, we shake hands, and the security that has been watching me sees this other kind of, like, unusually dressed person and says, oh, he must be with him, you know, like, so we, we've been infiltrated, whatever. And so Lee and I are walking around discussing, and he's like, hey, man, this is the right. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I know. That's why I'm here. Um, he's sort of remarking at, at the display of culture that was there. Eventually, um, Lee goes off somewhere for a second. Oh, actually, <laughs> I'm misremembering this. Uh, someone pulls me away from when I was talking with Lee, and we're walking toward the shed, and um, they say, I can't have any outside food here because they want to give the vendors a chance to um, to make some money. So these freedom-loving patriots uh, felt it was appropriate to uh, take my food from me and escort me all the way to the garbage can and force me to throw it away. Um, madness, in my opinion, but w whatever. I, I wasn't there to fight. Um, I, I was there to try to learn and potentially make some new connections that I wouldn't have otherwise made. So... Rather than challenge these uh, silly people on their very silly rule, I decided, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'm in. Uh, I'm in Rome here. I'll do as the Romans do, which is, you know, obey and not question authority. Um, but more on that later. Anyway, I see Lee a couple more times throughout um, me wandering around, and um, eventually. I notice while I'm listening to some of the speakers that there's a guy following me less than like three feet from me. And every time I move, he's like right there behind me. And so I like walk all the way across the shed and he follows me all the way across the shed. And when I say shed, I mean, this is like a industrial shed. So it's like 40 feet or so by like a hundred feet. This is a big structure, huge crowd of people hearing a wide variety of right wing speakers talk about their various issues. And so it got to the point eventually where I, I, I turn back and stare at him and he's just, you know, averts his, uh, his look. I don't know if he doesn't think I, I don't notice him or, or what, but I was very tempted to say, Hey man, like if you're going to follow me this whole time, we might as well at least get to know each other. Like what's up? <laughs> let's, let's talk. Um, but again, I wasn't there to make a conflict. So 
I decided not to uh, poke the bear. And a few more speeches go by, and I am walking by uh, just outside the shed, and I see Lee again talking to a couple of people. And so I wander back over and you know, talk to these folks. I learned one of these uh, people recently got his own radio show on 94.9, so that's very exciting. We talked about how we both been on Lee's show a couple of times, uh, talked about our ideas and perspectives. Um, eventually, uh, Marvin, a very frequent caller to the show and the unofficial president of the Lee LC fan club, um, passed by, and I've met him a number of times over the years, and so I said, hey, Marvin, so he walks over, we talk to each other, and we're sharing ideas, and, you know, Lee is getting pulled back and forth, because, again, people are starting to recognize who he is, so his cover's blown, that sort of thing, and it gets to the point where we're discussing ideology, and there's a lot of common ground happening, and one of the people says, well, so, like, you would consider yourself probably more of a libertarian, at which point I said, you could say that. Um, you could also say, I'm an anarchist. And he was a bit taken back by that. But we had had enough common ground at this point that he was curious. And um, the other people that had formed the small crowd around me as well were also quite interested. And so we had the situation where these people would probably be primed to want to have me thrown into a, a cage beforehand, um, having a preconceived and media-trained notion of what folks like me believe. And rather than play into that, I wanted to try to bridge that gap. Because again, I, I happen to think that the right-wing perspective only holds up through insulation. And so to break through that insulation, I, I think helps people explore other ideas. And maybe at the end of the day, they decide they prefer the right-wing perspective. But I, I want to at least explore the possibility that these folks might have different opinions if they were exposed to different information. And so we have very fun conversation exploring a lot of different ideas, talking about autonomous zones or history, immigration comes up, and then so we start to talk about how imperialism plays a role in driving the people fleeing from countries south of the border to seek refuge in the imperial core. And you know, just trying to get to the, the deeper truths around a lot of these issues that the right wing uses shallow analyses of in order to prop up their agendas. And so this is all really interesting, fascinating stuff, in my opinion, and apparently in their opinion, too, because we talked for hours. You know, we didn't hear most of the speakers at that point, honestly, but we, um, we had a lot of great conversation. And, um, I'm actually recording this now uh, in, what is it now, May 5th? So quite a ways beyond October 23rd, which is when this event actually happened. And I'm actually still in contact with these people on a regular basis. And we share ideas and, and have a lot of really interesting conversation. You know, these are our relationships that didn't just disappear in that day. They're still going now. And and these are now folks that have their own communities and have their own networks of friends that I would never have access to who are then sharing these ideas. And, you know, from the, the, the anarchist perspective of saying, you know, this system is so rotted to the core that it's probably not worth saving. I had a conversation with this guy just the other day and he said, well, well, what do we do in that situation? I said, you plant seeds. And, and that's what we're trying to do here is trying to plant the seeds 
of a better world. And, and you can have your ideologically pure little bubble where everyone's opinions are all more or less the same and, and there's no room for growth or, or no entry point for people that might have different perspectives. But I think there needs to be an on-ramp somewhere. And, and I try to do what I can to be that on-ramp as much as I possibly can. Um, uh, and <laughs> so a little fun aside note uh, for that event. Apparently, um, I, I heard from Lee later that day that he had been followed the entire day by security as well. And so they were following Lee and I everywhere, thinking that we were some sort of Antifa provocateurs. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those things. Um, and Lee is neither, at least not in the conventional sense of the word. And so eventually it gets to the point where we're speaking with Rocky, who's a, another host on the show, um, who I'm actually been recording um, a lot of radio rebuttals with because him and I have a bit of a, of a, a rising uh, feud over a lot of different things. But we'll, we'll get to that more in future episodes. Him and I are talking and, and Lee is there as well. And so eventually the security guards come up to Rocky and say like, hey, what's with these what's with these people? And uh, Rocky says, what do you mean? Oh, that's Lee Elsie. And he said, well, what about the other guy? I said, well, if the other guy's with Lee, then he, he's probably fine. Um, if I haven't brought this up, there was a COVID exposure at my workplace uh, a couple of days before I went to this rally. So I wore, was wearing an N95 mascot. I was the only person there wearing a mask. And naturally that, that you know, singles you out for a number of reasons. But anyway, um, I did look a bit out of place and as did Lee, of course. And so according to Rocky, he was sort of up on a stage at this point when this interaction took place and he saw um, a crowd of, of security people, five or 10 guys, uh, just all dispersed because they were given the all clear. They didn't have to follow us around anymore. So that's just kind of a, of a funny little note, but really the, the primary thrust of, of this episode, given that I recorded close to half of it almost six months ago, is talking about the importance of this cross-partisan dialogue. I mean, it, it's so easy for folks to write off people that are outside of their ideological position as just, you know, unsavable or dumb or, 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 or evil in some way. And I think that's so counterproductive. And I think I think we need to talk to each other because even if you are the kind of person that has a very purist ideology, the the revolutionary movements that have occurred in this world and had any sort of traction built a movement somehow. And in a situation where the entrenched media establishment is building their own narrative and their own movement to counter any sort of revolutionary agenda, you should be doing every bit of what they're doing and more, in my opinion. Outreach needs to be, in my opinion, at the center of what is done here, right alongside building the actual alternative world that we hope to live in. Because, you know, you can have your, your perfect little commune, and that might be a great place to live, but no one's going to know about it. And when the state inevitably comes for you and crushes you, if no one knows you're there and no one hears your goals, then what's the point? Movement building is essential, in my opinion, to resist the ongoing and encroaching tyranny that is crushing the world and everyone in it. And I think we all need to be willing, to the extent that we are comfortable doing so, to speak to everyday people all the time about how 
the world is not great and how things can change and what might be better. And even if people's opinions are outside of what you might think is correct, maybe give them space to express that. And then while you've built that trust and rapport with that person, you can start to decide that this point is now worth challenging or that point is now worth challenging. And so you have a situation that's much more like friends talking to each other than someone trying to bludgeon the other with their ideology. And, and I, I think that is really, really good to do. But maybe I'm just wrong. I, I don't think so. But who knows? Maybe you have your own opinion. Anyway, I'm going to probably wrap up the episode now because I'm actually at my um, one of my places of work. I, I'm a construction worker and my lunch break is running just a little bit long at this point. So um, I, I, just, I just wanted to finally wrap up this episode because it's, um, you know, like I said, been almost six months since the starting of the recording happened. And now that I have uh, digital software to edit the audio that I record, it's going to become a lot more practical for me to put out this content. Um, I actually have probably seven or eight episodes worth of just raw audio recorded content that I just... I haven't edited and I'm really trying to um, I'm really trying to resolve that and be able to put out more reliable content for you folks so I really appreciate you listening and I hope that if you enjoyed what you heard here or found it interesting that you share it as much as as you can I wouldn't be doing this stuff if I didn't believe in the project and if I didn't believe that this project couldn't do something better for this world I wouldn't be wasting my time. So anyways, thank you so much. I hope you'll have a great day and uh, go talk to people. Because there's nothing I want more than to sleep under the night sky The animals as they go about their lives Fill a fire warm my body Fill the mud under my toes But tonight is For fire it burns so much more bright There's no justice in the system A bigger cage is still a prison Well I hope that somewhere Someone breaks free tonight